It's a pleasure to be here for, this is my fifth uh, uh, appearance here. Pleasure to join you again to discuss the economic outlook. So you've heard the news, no doubt, uh, that uh, most economists have declared that the recession is over. What they mean by that, however, is merely that the contraction in overall economic activity uh, has come to an end, not at all that our economic challenges are all behind us. Uh, Having said that, uh, I myself do agree uh, that the national economy has hit bottom and that a recovery is solidly underway. And my remarks today are going to focus on the outlook uh, for that recovery uh, as well as how we got here. Before I begin, however, I should note that these are my own views and may not be shared by every single other person in the Federal Reserve System. The backdrop to our current situation is that we've experienced one of the steepest uh, contractions in uh, economic activity on record. Um, And it was driven by the plunge in housing market activity that followed the 10-year housing boom that ended in 2005. Uh, During that boom, housing prices almost tripled, Uh, but by the middle of the decade, it was very clear that uh, the boom had gone too far. Vacancy rates began to hit uh, record highs. Measures of home construction and sales activity uh, began to fall precipitously. Home prices began to decline, reducing equity values and household wealth, leading to rising defaults and foreclosures. After residential investment began to decline, the rest of the economy slowed, and the expansion officially ended in December of 2007. The recession that followed was longer and deeper than any we've experienced since the 1930s. I could cite a boatload of dismal statistics, but I'll single out just one in particular. The number of people employed uh, overall in our economy has fallen by 7.3 million since it peaked at the end of 2007. That's a very large number for our economy. So that's the backdrop. The last few months of data indicate that economic activity has begun to improve for our nation. Starting with housing, several indicators of sales and construction activity at the national level hit low points earlier this year and have risen modestly since then. For instance, single-family housing starts have increased 33%, and new home sales have increased 31%. And there are also signs that home prices have bottomed out as well. One widely followed index of existing home prices nationwide rose a seasonally adjusted 3.7% from May to September. Having said all that, um, in Charlotte, compared with the national data, um, the housing markets here are lagging a bit, uh, the national recovery. Prices, uh, the best we can measure them, continue to fall, and activity measures have not recovered as much as at the national level. But even with these welcome gains at the national level, housing activity remains well below the pace that would be needed to accommodate population and income growth on a sustained basis. But I think that's to be expected because what we're doing now is working off a huge overhang of unsold homes in many parts of the country, and it's going to take a while to do that. But at least housing is no longer a major drag on GDP growth. And in fact, it should make positive contributions going forward in in welcome contrast to the last couple of years. Consumer purchases on cars and trucks also began to tail off in 2007 and then fell very sharply in 2008. Sales hit a low point this past February and then increased very gradually before the Cash for Clunkers program boosted sales in July and August. 
Clearly, that program pulled forward many sales that would have occurred anyway later this year. And so it was not surprising that sales fell back again in September to about where they were in the spring. What caught many analysts by surprise, however, was the rebound in the sales rate that occurred in October. Now, granted, sales, again, are still well below the long-run trend that would be needed to keep the stock of vehicles growing in line with the increase in population. But just as with housing, autos are no longer a drag on GDP growth and should make positive uh, growth contributions uh, going forward, again, in welcome contrast to the last two years. Aside from autos, real consumer spending fell slightly during this recession. But in the third quarter, consumer spending, apart from cars and trucks, reversed course and increased at a 1.7% annual rate. This suggests that many households have recovered at least a modicum of confidence about their future income prospects and are willing to go out on a limb uh, for a big-ticket purchase. Business spending on new equipment and software fell a sharp 21% during this recession. This category also has reversed course and has registered a positive gain in the third quarter. In addition to these favorable domestic developments, there's been a worldwide rebound in economic activity, and that's boosting demand for our export industries. As recently as the first quarter, real exports were falling at nearly a 30% annual rate. In the third quarter, they were increasing at close to a 17% annual rate. Can't continue at that pace, uh, can't continue to expand at that pace, but this is a positive development nonetheless. Toning up all these favorable demand-side developments, uh, the most recent estimate is that real GDP grew at 2.8% in the third quarter. It's the most rapid growth since the middle of 2007. And as a result, prominent academic and industry economists have proclaimed the end of the recession and are looking forward to a lengthy period of sustained growth in overall economic activity. These forecasts look quite reasonable to me. In the near term, production is going to receive a boost as a result of the shift underway from inventory liquidation to inventory accumulation. That boost in production will necessitate hiring new workers, which will add to household incomes. Consumers having deferred many purchases during the recession, will respond to growing income by gradually expanding their spending. This pattern is typical of the period immediately following a recession, and I see no reason why this time shouldn't be uh, be any different. Indeed, we are seeing the first signs of improvement in the supply side of the economy. Industrial production has increased for four straight months. While a significant part of that increase was due to the resumption of auto production at General Motors and Chrysler, even without automobiles, industrial production has increased a solid 1.9% over those four months. Moreover, a survey-based index published by the Institute for Supply Management has risen substantially this year and indicates that the growth in manufacturing activity is spread broadly across a number of different firms and a number of different industries. The new orders component of that index has registered even more impressive growth over that period. These particular indexes have a 60-year track record of providing highly reliable signals on recession recovery. And again, we have no reason to suspect any break from past form here. One key element supporting the recovery is the significantly improved financial conditions uh, that we've seen this year. Corporate borrowing costs have declined considerably, as interest rates on commercial paper and corporate bonds are now much lower than they were last year. Many major banks have sold stocks successfully and now have the capital to support new lending, even if conditions turn out worse than forecast. 
Although many borrowers naturally face tougher credit terms in a soft economy, the banking system as a whole appears capable of supporting business investment and expansion. While the economic outlook has brightened in recent months, we still face major economic challenges. In commercial real estate, construction is falling, vacancy rates are rising, and falling property prices are eroding owners' equity positions. Holders of commercial mortgage-backed securities have already taken sizable losses, and, and there are more on horizon as numerous projects are scheduled for refinancing soon. And some community banks have lent heavily to commercial real estate developers and are now facing rising delinquencies and losses. No one expects a quick reversal of these negative trends, and as a result, business investment in non-residential structures is likely to be a substantial drag on U.S. growth in the near term. More worrisome is the extremely weak labor market. The number of people employed has fallen for 22 straight months now, The unemployment rate has more than doubled to a rate of 10.2%, and that rate is even higher here um, in the Charlotte area, more than two percentage points higher. Wages are under pressure. So far this year, average hourly earnings have only risen at a 2.1% annual rate, about half the rate of growth we were seeing in mid-2007 before the recession began. Going forward, as overall economic activity continues to improve, employment will bottom out and then begin to resume an upward trajectory. Even the most optimistic forecasters, though, do not expect a rapid improvement in national labor market conditions. And we're going to have to monitor employment and earnings very carefully for an extended period into this recovery. Putting the whole picture together, I believe the most reasonable outcome is that the economy will continue to grow at a reasonably healthy pace next year. Housing should continue to recover from a very depressed state, Consumers should gradually expand spending. Business investment should make something of a comeback. And those components of demand should overcome a continuing drag from commercial construction. Let me turn now to the outlook for inflation and monetary policy. Inflation's been running about 1.5% recently. And from my point of view, that's about ideal. Earlier this year, some economists were highlighting the risk that the low levels of economic activity could push the rate of inflation down, perhaps even below zero. I think the risk of substantial further reduction in inflation has diminished substantially since then. In fact, we've seen that in the past, even in the early stages of a recovery, inflation and inflation expectations can drift higher. This risk could be particularly pertinent to this recovery, given the massive and unprecedented expansion in bank reserves that we've seen, and the widespread market commentary expressing uncertainty over whether the Federal Reserve is willing or able to promptly reverse that expansion. As a technical matter, I don't see any problem here. We do have the tools to promptly remove as much monetary stimulus as necessary to keep inflation low and stable. The harder problem is the same problem we face after every recession, namely choosing when and how rapidly to remove monetary stimulus. There's no doubt that we have to be aware of the danger of aborting a weak and uneven recovery if we tighten too soon. But if we hope to keep inflation in check in this recovery, we must avoid being paralyzed by patches of lingering weakness because these could persist well into the recovery. In assessing when we will need to begin taking monetary stimulus out, I will be looking for the time at which economic growth is strong enough 
and well enough established, even if it, it is not especially vigorous. Although it's hard to predict when that will occur, the one thing I can confidently predict is that monetary policy, like many other matters these days, is going to remain particularly challenging in the years ahead. Thank you very much.